Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. This is Charger Rundown. I'm Martin Peterson. And I'm Jake Seavers. And on this show, we're going to be looking back at this past week and looking ahead to this next week as far as all things Hillsdale College sports are concerned. Jake, let's start with you. All right. And starting off with the football team, the Hillsdale College football program is excited to announce the addition of 23 student athletes on the occasion of 2018 National Signing Day on Wednesday afternoon. Head coach Keith Otterbein is expected to add more players to next year's roster over the course of the next several weeks. This year's class is highlighted by a set of high school teammates as well as two players who are younger brothers of current Charger players. Kyle Kudla and Max Torbert, teammates at Avon High School in Ohio, will remain teammates as Chargers, both signing with Hillsdale. Current Charger players Chance Stewart and Martin Peterson will welcome younger brothers Brecken Stewart and Shannon Peterson to the squad in 2018. The Stewarts hail from nearby Sturgis, Michigan, while Shannon Peterson will play for his hometown team. Players from nine different states are represented in this year's signing day class. The class carries an average high school grade point average of 3.79. Here's a quote from head coach Keith Otterbein. Our players know coming in they have to be students first. These guys will be challenged in the classroom as well as on the football field, but as a coaching staff we're excited to see how this group rises to those challenges. Ideally most if not all incoming players will be redshirted in their first year, but occasionally true freshmen will see the field and in 2017 a handful of players from the 2017 signing day class made a positive impact on the field for the Chargers. Defensive back Anthony Hum played his way into a starting role midway through the season, and wide receiver Connor Maloney became an emerging prospect at his position and caught six passes for 194 and two touchdowns last year, an impressive 32.3 yards per catch. Maloney is also competing for the Charger men's track team and has become a strong member of its relay teams. Punter Jack Shannon stepped into a starting role right away when he arrived last year and averaged 38 yards per punt as a true freshman. The 2018 season kicks off at home for Hillsdale as it welcomes Mercyhurst in a non-league contest at 7 o'clock on Saturday night, September 1. The Chargers finished 7-4 in their first season in the GMAC in 2017 and recorded three shutouts, most in one season in 22 years. Over in basketball... The Rams were unkind to the Hillsdale College men's basketball team who lost a 77-68 decision to Malone University Saturday afternoon in Ohio. The loss drops the Chargers to 17-6 overall and 11-5 in the GMAC. The Pioneers, winners of five in a row, are now 10-6 in conference play. Both teams experienced cold shooting in the first half, with the teams combining just for 49 points and 29% shooting from the floor. The second half saw both teams return to form on offense, but it was Malone who was just a bit better and just a bit more accurate. The Pioneers shot 69% from three-point territory in a half, where it scored 53 points and gradually pulled away from the Chargers. Malone made just seven two-point baskets in the second half, but its three-point accuracy prevented Hillsdale from closing the deficit. It was a frustrating day for Hillsdale, who did a lot right. The Chargers out-rebounded the Pioneers 45-43 and had more blocked shots, six, than turnovers with just five. Hillsdale was a plus 12 in points in the paint, and plus six on points off turnovers, but the Chargers just could not find the range from long distance, shooting eight of 30 from three-point land. The Chargers shot 33% for the game, going 24 for 72. Junior forward Gordon Bear had a strong game for the Chargers with 14 points, 10 rebounds, and five block shots. Junior Nick Sarnowski had 13 points, seven rebounds, and four assists. Davis Larson came off the bench to score six for Hillsdale in the loss. 
Now let's head over to tennis where the men's tennis team will be having their first match on Friday. And sitting with us in studio is Michael Zabo. Michael, how are you today? Doing well, guys. How are you? Wonderful. You know what? Absolutely living the dream, and my day is so much brighter now that we have you in the studio with us, Mike. And if those who don't know, we also do another radio show with Michael Zabo called Locker Room Talk. Make sure to tune into that also here on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. Michael, uh, how did the fall go for you, and what are your kind of expectations uh, for the spring? Uh, the fall went really well. Um, we have a very short fall season, so we only have a few uh, dates that we actually play. Uh, but we had a few individual tournaments, and everybody did really well in those. And then we had one match um, against Indiana Tech. I think they're an NAIA team, uh, and we destroyed them. So that was great to see. Uh, everybody's doing really well right now. I think we have a really strong team uh, going into the season. And we're really deep this year, which is like the first time that we've had a deep team. Um, we have 10 guys that are all ready to play. Uh, obviously, we only field like a team of six going into every match. Um, but we're all ready to go if anybody goes down, and I'm really excited. So with the new move to the conference this season, uh, what are the some of the teams that do have a tennis team in the conference? And I know there's some that all obviously do not. Uh, who are kind of the, the top teams, so to say, that you'll be facing in the new conference? So I'm not really familiar with the new conference. I know Walsh. Uh, they're in there, and they have a pretty good team, and they're, I guess, one of our rivals because they're um, not the best-behaved group when they're on the court. Uh, they're led by a coach who is very badly behaved, uh, so we don't like them. So we play them at the end of the year. Uh, that'll be a good match. That'll be a fun match to watch um, because we hopefully uh, will be giving it right back to them and not be on our best behavior. Um, so that'll be a good one. Uh, is Damon in our conference? They are not. They are not. Okay. <laughs> but also uh, a team that could come up and uh, oh, we you guys play have pretty good rivals with. Is that on Friday? That's who we play on Friday. Friday yeah. Okay. So starting off with them. Um, yeah. Like I said, I'm not really familiar with our new conference. I just know we've been told to win every match that we play. So that's kind of our mindset. All right, Mike. Let's just get down to brass tacks here. Uh, can you guarantee a conference championship for us right now on the air? I will guarantee a conference championship wow. this year. Uh, I, I don't know if my coach or my teammates would be happy about that, but I think the way we're playing and the way we look right now, barring some craziness with injuries or whatever, uh, if the season was ending right now, I guarantee we would be on top. Tell us a little bit about your game, too. For a lot of listeners, I mean, they, they know what tennis is. They don't really understand the strategy behind it. What kind of a tennis player are you? Are you more conservative? Are you aggressive? Or do you have to be a little bit of both in this game? Just tell listeners a little bit about your game on, with it, on the tennis course. Okay, so for me personally, I play more of an aggressive game. I like to try to hit the ball hard when I get my chances and you know move into the net. Uh, but we have a lot of guys on our team that play a lot more conservative, just making balls, out rallying people. And that's normally the best bet. That's the strategy that works the best, uh, especially at this level. Our top guy, um, Milan Mirkovic, he's playing one singles this year. Uh, that's how he plays. He just never misses. Um, and then we have another freshman who plays like that, uh, Gabe Katz. He's playing really well right now and came in uh, exceeding all expectations, and that's kind of that's the way they play. But honestly, it just depends on the player. Um, you know, if you can master whatever your playing style is, you're going to be good regardless of how you play. Let's talk about your high school career a little bit. Uh, so you came in, and a little bird told me that you actually hold the hold the record for the most wins in Michigan State history. 
and uh, I think that little bird is you. And so, <laughs> uh, so you top of your game in high school. How did you come here to Hillsdale? Like, what was the recruitment process like for you? Yeah, so that's true about the record. Um, it's like a cool kind of thing to say, but it honestly doesn't mean that much. I mean, high school tennis uh, was basically a break from like the real competitive tennis. And those were, you know, the tournaments where we would be traveling all over the country for. Uh, so for the recruiting process, not a lot of coaches go out to high school tennis matches. Uh, it's more the outside stuff through the USTA. But the way I got um, to Hillsdale, so the coach here watched me play a match. I think I was playing somewhere in Ohio, and I got absolutely destroyed in this match. Just got my butt kicked. Um, and the coach, Coach Turner, our coach here, um, emailed me the next week, and he said that he liked the way I handled myself on court, not getting down on myself, not throwing a tantrum, which a lot of tennis players are prone to do because um, tennis is such a mental game. Um, so he reached out to me actually because of the way I handled myself and, you know, showing good sportsmanship. Uh, and then I didn't really know much about Hillsdale. I, one of my friends, his parents went here, his dad used to be the football coach here. So I kind of, I knew of the school, but not really what it was about. And after exchanging a few emails with him and talking to him, uh, I did a lot more research and I realized that Hillsdale would be the place for me. Obviously, uh, like you said, the mental game is so important. Uh, what would you say, like mental versus physical, and like the ability to not get down on yourself? How big of the how big of the part of the game is the mental aspect? I think the mental game is probably the most important thing in tennis because you can see it pretty easily in the pros. Um, there's guys that are you know seven feet tall that can hit the ball 150 miles an hour, and they're still losing to guys that are five foot ten and just tiny little guys that just make a ton of balls it the physical part is obviously big but in tennis since you're out there alone and it is predominantly uh an individual sport regardless of if you're playing on a team like in college or just playing individual like the pros um you have to be able to handle yourself on the court you have to be able to shake off mistakes really easily because you have to be ready for the next point in 20 seconds so you can't let you can't let bad things keep you down because that's that's when you really start to lose your focus and that'll affect you for the whole match. Um, and that's the hardest part of tennis for most people to master. You know, in juniors, you could tell the kids who are good at that because the best kids were always, you know, able to play a match. And even if they weren't playing well, you wouldn't see them throwing tantrums on the court. And then you would see these kids who were literally breaking down and crying and yelling at their parents, yelling at the refs. Um, so you, we could see from a, you can see from an early age that the mental game is just huge in tennis. Michael, uh, I'm, I'm guessing that you do watch a lot of professional tennis. Is that correct? A decent amount. Yeah. Okay. So get me your thoughts on, you know, guys like Federer, Nadal, Djokovic. I mean, I mean, what do you think about these guys? I mean, I'll say for Federer, what he's doing right now is one of the most incredible things I think in sports and a lot of people who you know don't watch tennis don't really realize what is going on but Roger Federer is near 40 years old he's been playing for 15 years um, in the pros or that's when he won his first uh, grand slam he's been doing this for 15 years he has 20 grand slams right now the most out of any men's player and that's 
just insane for what he still winning them at the age of 36 playing against guys who are in their late teens early 20s and in the prime of their like physical careers um Federer just shows what it means to like master both the physical and mental part of the game he's one of those guys that you never see break their rackets never yell at umpires never get upset when they're not playing well he goes out there and he's a class act every single week and most of those top guys are uh Nadal super strong mentally but like physically he's just another breed he's insane um and you mentioned Djokovic. I'm not a big fan of Djokovic, and I think he does kind of throw tantrums sometimes. So uh, I don't really like watching him. I like watching him play because he's obviously very good, but he's not the kind of player that I would want to emulate. I think Federer is like the gold standard for what you should be in a tennis player, obviously, because he's the best of all time. Um, but you can learn a lot from watching those pros, and especially the young guys who are coming up because they're – you know, a few years older than us doing playing at the highest level. I mean, that's really cool to watch. You talked about Nadal, and one of Nadal's trademarks is being unbeatable in the French Open at Roland Garros. Mm -hmm. And so what's the difference between playing on hard court versus playing on grass versus playing on clay? Yeah, so clay courts are very slow. The ball bounces pretty high, and you're not really going to be able to hit through people, meaning hit a lot of winners. Um, on a clay court and that's why Nadal is so dominant because he's so he's in the best shape out of pretty much any player out there so he's able to just out rally people and just push people around the whole match um, and so that's kind of why he's he's more dominant on clay and then you see somebody like Federer who's more dominant on something like grass which is the fastest surface where the ball's bouncing very low um, he's able to deal with pace like hard hit balls a lot better than most people and then you see hard courts are somewhere in the middle um and that's where it's really anybody's game I mean you've Nadal's obviously really good on hard but you also you have Federer and just hard courts probably where you get the most guys competing at you know their top so I know the women's tennis team gets to go down to Florida for spring break mm -hmm. do you guys get to do anything cool like that yep we're going to Tampa I think they're going somewhere else in Florida. I'm not really sure where they're going. But, uh, yeah, we're actually playing um, a top-five team in the country on that trip. Wow. So, yeah, that'll be good. Um, not sure how we're going to do in that match. Obviously, that's going to be really tough. But we look to get the win every single week. So that'll be a good challenge for us. And a pretty cool just going down to Florida, first of all. I mean, get to spend some time, time with your teammates and – you know, enjoy some sun. I mean, I know it's pretty cold here in Michigan right now, so that'll be pretty fun, right? Yeah, definitely. And it's like early March, so it's still going to be really cold here. With a trip like that, how much do you? How much time do you get to yourself versus practicing and playing matches? I think we only have two matches on our trip this year, um, which isn't too bad. So obviously, we're going to be practicing on the days that we're not playing, but um, we're lucky in and that we're pretty close to where we're going to be playing. So we're not going to have to travel a ton once we're down there. Um, and I think we are going to get a lot of off time. Spring break's a good time because it really falls right in the middle of season uh, where everybody's going to kind of get to relax a little bit and recover because um, we really hit the ground running once we get back from Christmas break. So everybody's going to need a break, uh, you know, once we get down to Florida. So I think it's good that we're only playing two matches. So speaking of the weather, uh, we're talking to Michael Zabel here on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. This is Charger Rundown. And 
What is it like? Of course, I mean, the snow on the ground, you guys have to practice in the Beerman, correct? Yeah. Almost every day. How different is that really uh, for you guys to adjust you know, from playing outdoors in the fall, moving back to Beerman, then back outdoors? Is that at all difficult for you guys? Yeah, it, it takes a few days um, to really make the adjustment. The hardest thing is going from the inside to out uh this like in the spring season um because it, you play faster inside the ball is able to travel a lot quicker um so you have to make those adjustments play uh you know shorten up your swings um be able to move a little bit better on the court and then once we get outside uh it actually plays more into my strengths because i like it when the game's a little bit slower um but you really get more into your you know, physical, like the physical aspect of the game when you're outside because you're going to be playing a lot longer matches and it's a lot more, um, you know, physically demanding to to put more pace on the ball, like coming from yourself instead of just the climate that you're in. Uh, so it's not too bad. And we're really lucky with having the beer men because most schools, especially in D2, don't have these indoor facilities right on campus. Um, you know, so we're just thankful that we have that. And it's not too bad, and I don't foresee it being a big problem for us. Well, I think that's going to do it for us, uh, Michael. Uh, thanks for coming on, and uh, good luck in your first match and the rest of the season. Thank you. Thanks, yeah. guys. Hey, before we go, Mark or Mike, do you want to shout out our radio show real quick, our other one? <laughs> yeah, uh, Locker Room Talk on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Uh, we're on Thursdays at 6 a.m. and 2 p.m., uh, so give it a listen. It's a good time. Thanks, Michael. All right. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Mike. And we'll have you back on once you win the conference championship. And we're going to close things off in track. The Hillsdale College men's track team racked up a couple more NCAA provisional marks at its biggest home meet of the indoor regular season. The Chargers were in the middle of the action at the two-day wide track classic held at the Beerman Athletic Center this weekend. The team got some excellent performances from a wide range of events. One of the highlights of the weekend came in Friday night's final event, the Distance Medley Relay. Hillsdale's foursome of Nathan Jones, Connor Maloney, Adam Wade, and Joseph Humes ran a terrific race and led at times on its way to a second place time of 959.7. Three members of that relay, Wade, Maloney, and Humes, are either sophomores or freshmen and competing in such a tough race against strong competition bodes well for the future of this group. Maloney and Wade also wrapped up the weekend of competition at the 4x400-meter relay. They were joined by Lane White and Nate Eldridge, finishing with a time of 326.79, good for fourth place. Thrower Daniel Kapek earned NCAA provisional status in the weight throw, taking second place with a mark of 17.98 meters. A pair of distance runners stood tall in the races for the Chargers. Eli Poth took first in the 5,000-meter championship race with a time of 1541.98. Fellow distance runner Alex Elquist also placed first for the Chargers, winning the mile run in 428.8. Jack Shelley added to the team's list of good distance runs, taking fourth in the 800 with a time of 157.96. Nathan Pando's runner-up finish in the 200 led the team sprinters as his time of 22.85 was second best at the meet in that event. And that will do it for this episode of Charger Rundown. I'm Martin Peterson. And I'm Jake Sievers. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.